So, uh, French, with uh, talking about you and uh, Morehouse um, and excellency, um, seeing excellent all around you, um, and you talked about being humble. Uh, what are some things that you learned um, from your Morehouse experience? So I'm, I'm going to dig into this a little bit later because I have a few um, uh, folks from from the Morehouse crew that I want to um, interview as well as a part of the podcast. But a defining moment for me was freshman year. Um, I, I rode with a group of about 10 guys and um, we were all sitting in the cafeteria and uh, the calf had large round tables that, you know, a lot of people could sit at. So we were sitting there talking and somehow we got on high school and the group started going through their accolades at high school, right? Oh, I was the top five. I was top 10 valedictorian, salutatorian, you know, national honor society, all this type of stuff. Right. So you start looking around at the people that you're just hanging with. Right. And then you realize that everyone in the group um, had the opportunity uh, to go to an Ivy League school and chose Morehouse, right? One person, oh, I could have went to Harvard, had a full ride. One person, oh, I was going to go to Columbia. Oh, I was going to go to Stanford, right? All these things. And you take a step back and you're like, wow, I'm surrounded by great folks, right? But it's also a humbling experience to say, hey, I'm not the smartest person in the room. And quite honestly, that's going to be for the rest of your life, right? You're not going to be the most talented, the smartest, the the most achieved person, And so that was a humbling experience for me to be able to turn around and say, "Okay, great. Now, if this is the if this is the truth, this is the fact that you're going to uh, be a part of, then. All right. Now, how will you maneuver how you show up once again? It goes back to you maneuvering. Yeah. How how do you maneuver? And so a part of that is gleaning knowledge and, and experiences from them, taking a step back and saying, all right, well, uh, what's unique about this person? Right. What are some traits about them that are pretty cool that you can glean from um, and and be able to be even more well-rounded so that you can uh, thereby engage in a person or with a person similar to them? And that's really what I, I, I learned as a part of the group that I hung with at Morehouse. And then, you know, beyond that, like, because essentially Morehouse was a, I mean, our group, the 10 of us were a microcosm of what Morehouse was, right? Uh, tons of positive black men uh, achieved black men who are looking to achieve more or do more. And that's, that's what it was beyond everything else of a, an HBCU and all that that brings as well as a school that's all male so that everyone there, as far as teachers, administrators, et cetera, have a passion for number one, black men, right. And number two, seeing black men excel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that combination uh, and then being in Atlanta uh, with a plethora of other um, colleges and universities, I was saying, okay, now what are you going to do? You can come here and just party and have a good time, or just that excel. area right there. Yeah, yeah. You can. Um, there's. You can get into a lot of trouble. Yes, that is a, a true statement. Never make it out. <laughs> and there are a lot of people that don't. There are a lot of people. I mean, and and, and it's 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 honest. Every phase of life, right? There are people that we know that never made it out of where they were at high school. There are people that never made it out of where they were mentally, right? <clears throat> not necessarily saying that they haven't physically moved, but mentally have not moved beyond mm-hmm. what they were able to accomplish or how they define themselves mm-hmm. at a state in life. And 
I think that's a part of, of growing up, but also a part of desiring more for yourself and, and, and pursuing things that are fine and gentry. Fine and gentry. Um, so from Morehouse, um, I went to an HBCU, Morgan State University. Right. Um, great experience there. Um, you went to HBCU, but you had the opportunity to continue on um, to do a dual degree. Right. Um, and then you went to University of Michigan mm-hmm. um, where you would meet you know, your wife, Catherine, who had the great privilege and honor of going there and meeting her, um, and being able to, um, walk the campuses. And, um, that was different for me, Mm -hmm. um, because all I, you know, that my experience was, uh, with the university of that magnitude is the university of Maryland. Right. So going to university of Michigan and y'all, you know, a huge campus, um, I want to talk to talk about the differences, Mm in those two, um, Morehouse and University of Michigan, one being at HBCU, um, which we know helped shape who you are, but mm-hmm. University of Michigan, um, helping to shape who you were, not just because you found your wife. Right. Um, but talk to me about the differences um, in how each, uh, if you can tell me, you know, just a little bit, expound to me, the, the differences in, in helping to round you out you yeah. know, to be this well-rounded French Thompson. Yeah, that that's good. That's good. So, um, in, in initially, uh, as a part of the dual, dual degree program, uh, I was going to go to Columbia because Morehouse had a partnership with Columbia. And before I was going to go to Columbia, uh, Morehouse, I was just going to go to Columbia straight up, right? And so I was like, oh, this is perfect. I would be able to do both and, and, and roll with it. Um, but then when Michigan became a part of the program, um, and there was opportunity to get uh, scholarships. It was like, hey, let's go there. Uh, so, so went there, and um, I was very disappointed when I first got there, mm. and, and not because I had a built up expectation of what it would be like going to Michigan. It was because of the way that uh, there were seven of us that that went. The first group from Morehouse and Spelman that went to uh, Michigan as part of the dual degree program. But well, I was. This, this is the first group that has ever gone. To yes, yes. That so, was part so, of this program. Yeah. So okay. Michigan had. Um, so there were like ten schools that were part of the dual degree program between Morehouse, um, at Morehouse Spelman, really the Atlanta University Center, Morehouse Spelman Clark, and uh, what was Morehouse uh, Morris Brown, and uh, they were always trying to add more schools to the program because it just increases your opportunity. And so, um, you know. We, had no preconceptions. There, there was no one that had gone before us mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, this is what you expect, what you would expect to experience at Michigan. Um, and so when we went there, um, I was very disappointed in the way that we were received mm. and the way that we were received by the other black students. Mm. Um, because there was this um, belief that because we went to an HBCU, we were not as smart as they were. Mm. Um, and I remember having the conversation with folks, which saying, is crazy because that is a theme. Yeah. Yeah. That is a consistent but, theme that has gone on throughout the years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I remember having a conversation and saying the same physics book that you are using is the same one we had the same calculus book, right? The, the, we aren't being taught something different. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is what, what we have. And then on top of that, like we did all of this as well as being in a very 
uh, distracting environment, if I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. You're in Michigan, you're in Ann Arbor, which, all right, albeit you're less than an hour from Detroit, but that was it, right? You weren't necessarily in the middle of a, an urban core. Um, and so that, that was disappointing. But after we proved ourselves, I will say that um, it, we, we started to become a part of the group. But it, the first thing uh, after being um, judged, I would say, the first thing that I uh, realized is that, um, and I don't know, from, from my non-scientific poll, uh, the, what I've seen is that what what a lot of minority students do, primarily black students do at other uh, at a predominantly white institution is that they create their own group. They create their own. Like at, yeah. yeah. At Michigan, they created their own HBCU. Mm-hmm. The black people hung out with nothing but black people. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like, what's the whole purpose? You should have went to an HBCU then mm-hmm. if you wanted to do this. Um, and so for for me and the people that came with her. Uh, came with us we were like hey we're trying to broaden our horizons mm-hmm. who else can we engage with right so i'm in the middle of class with because mind you for the last three years i've been in class with nothing but black people right and mostly but black men let's put a pin there yeah because that's not all the way true yes you have been attending morehouse but you had some uh your summer uh, right. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 so let's include. So yeah, yeah. So 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 internships. So internships and stuff like that were yeah. yeah were not just with African Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had um, experiences in that culture. Right, right. No, I, I wouldn't so, say that, that. That so you are able to um, do something, be able to relate to them. I feel like relate in a way that some of your other counterparts. Would not be able to relate and move. Let's put it this way: Let's you were able to move, move, move between the different mm-hmm. spheres. Yes, right, and and yeah. So I mean, my internships were uh, Department of, of uh, Housing Urban Development because I wanted to be an architectural engineer before I decided to want to do um, civil engineering. Um, I worked at the Department of Energy mm-hmm. uh, because um, I pursued a physics degree and civil engineering. So I said, hey. Maybe I'll be a physicist, right? Do research. Um, so you, you're exposed to all these types of folks, uh, which was great. Expect actually, uh, in retrospect, going to Michigan because Michigan's a very heavy, a research heavy institution. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of my internships, I, I did t- uh, you know two years at the Department of Energy, and essentially, you know, being around research the whole time. Um, but you know, being able to flex and, and go beyond and, and, and being able to flex in different spheres, different, you know, with academicians and others. Um, but yeah, when we got to more, we got to Michigan. It was about, Hey, how do I expand my horizons? Mm-hmm. I don't want to just come here and just kick it the same way. I was, I would have just stayed in, in Atlanta. I would have mm-hmm. went to Georgia tech and been across the street from uh, Morehouse and Spelman. Um, but, you know, push to engage with folks. So literally my, uh, beyond the folks that had came there with us from Morehouse and Spelman, like for me, my social circle included an Iranian, uh, Lebanese, uh, several Caucasians, mm-hmm. right, um, a Haitian. Um, it was just it was all over the place. It was like, hey, let's let's do this. Let's let's engage. And you learn so much from that perspective, like literally learning how to sip tea with sugar cubes, right? <laughs> I mean, like that that were my Lebanese and Iranian friends. 
you know, sat down and we talked about that, right? The importance of tea. I mean, all those types of things that you just sit back and either take for granted or you don't necessarily engage in. And and that's, um, you know, that, that was one of the um, engaging parts or um, uh, the, the educational parts of going to Michigan beyond just, you know, like you had already mentioned, uh, meeting my wife there. Um, but like saying, hey, expand your horizons. I think that's been, it's a common theme. Right. It's a common thing throughout my life as I. That's know, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Right. I, I never really necessarily sat down and thought about it. But mm-hmm. as we go through the different phases in life, it's all been been about. All right. Great. Now expand your horizon. All right. You went to, you know, a magnet school. Now expand your horizons. Going to a three tier school. You went to uh, an HBCU. Now expand your horizons. So what is expand your horizon? So somebody that does not know. Yeah. So we think that um, based off of our we are some total of our experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm here and I'm, I'm listening to you on this podcast um, and I'm thinking like, man, I've, I've already, you know, I've, I've had a great experiences here and da, 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 da. but I'm listening to you say expand your horizons. A, what does uh, expanding your horizons mean? Can you define that? And B, how would you encourage someone else to expand or challenge themselves when it comes to expanding what they already think that they have. That's a really good point. So I, I recently did a post uh, talking about you're, you're the uh, sum total, like you said, sum total um, and the average of the those that are around you and those in the experiences that you have. So you want to say, how do you expand your horizons? The first thing is to increase the number of number of variables that you are averaging against. Right. If you're looking at a, at a math equation, but essentially saying, Say you have five defining experiences in your life, and that's your horizon. Add a six, add a seventh, add an eighth. Essentially say, okay, if this is the circle that I've been engaged in, what else is out there that's different, right? So, um, for example, when we moved to Texas from Chicago, uh, one of the first things that we really started to um, to do was go to rodeos, right? I'm from D.C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, the only horses that we saw were the park police mounted on horses, right? I mean, that, that's it. Um, and, and then the rest, maybe that came to, you know, the circus. But you never really engaged with that, right? But you moved to to, to Texas. It was like, hey, here's a, a rodeo. And you start getting into the rodeo. And you're like, man, this is actually pretty cool. It's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. And understanding and appreciating what it is, yeah. right? That's a horizon expan- expansion there. Understanding that for us, Growing up in an urban environment, it's sports that are the defining piece and primarily like literally football and basketball. And even being from the East Coast, you really refine that more to basketball. Right. Uh, but you look at these young kids that are riding horses, roping cattle. Like if you're living on a on a ranch, like your sport, maybe you're playing football. But guess what? What you're doing you're every day, you're roping cattle. Yeah, right. That's their sport. That's what they're doing. And having an appreciation for it, because there's one thing to say, uh, I'm going to expand my horizon. I'm going to do something I haven't done before. But it's another piece to be able to have an appreciation for it. It may not be for you, but you have to still have an appreciation for it. So be there's it, a two there's a two sides. It's, it's, it is. It's stretching it is. yourself and then. Once you stretch yourself, have an appreciation. It's it's not. It does no good just to stretch yourself. Right. Does no good. Oh, just to say. It's almost just to like, say that you experienced something. Right. Yeah. Oh well, I did that. Well, yeah, but did you have an appreciation for it? Again, there's a difference between having an appreciation for it and saying, uh, you know, 
that's not necessary for me. I had an appreciation for what the rodeo was. Am I going to get cowboy boots and start roping cattle? No. Did you think about getting cowboy boots though? Yeah, I'm still working on oh, that. Yeah. Um, but when you, when you told me the price of cowboy cowboy boots, hey man, I was like, man, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> but being able to step back and that's that's a part of an exposure, being a connoisseur of things, and saying it may not be for me, but I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. The challenge, I can appreciate how difficult it was to be able to perfect this skill, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so um, that, that's, that I would say that's a big piece of, of growing, of expanding your horizon and becoming more cultured, more um, centered as a person. So with that, we um, both have two. We both have two kids. Yes. Um, I have a daughter and a son. Mm-hmm. Um, a son who is 11 and daughter who is 16 months you have a son who is six and you have a daughter who is three um talk to me about um you trying to um about well-rounded you as a well-rounded african-american male yeah trying to raise two african-american you know children um, yeah, I, I would say it starts first with the spouse. Well-rounded African. How, talk to us about that. It starts with the spouse first um, because they have to want to go on that journey with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's because you can't say, hey, I want to try this out or expose the kids to a certain type of thing. And you're not having the support of the spouse. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would admit there are some, most of the time that they are, you know, not a supporter, um, not necessarily, uh, you know, my wife at time thinks I'm a little bit extreme, a little extra, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm like, Hey, well, you, you know, this is 10 years in it's, you, you know what, what you got. Um, but, but the, the, the second piece is, um, I, I take the model that I, I saw my parents do. It's like, Hey, I'm just going to expose you. And I'll see what you latch on to. I'm going to continue to give you new experiences, let you listen to different music, let you, you know, see different types of movies, let you hear different types of trains of thought, and then, you know, expose you from there. Now, I, I will admit that I am at times a bit more um, methodical about every piece um, than, than maybe I should be beyond just saying, hey, just have at it, um, try whatever. Uh, and maybe that's just the pr- protective parent uh, piece. And as you get older or as your children get older, you just kind of say, hey, go play in the dirt and have at it. But um, a, a big piece is saying, hey, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And let me kind of give you a little bit more. And my desire, my hope is as they get older, they'll have that interest or at least have the curiosity to learn more. Um and, and I think that's really what I'm trying to push is the curiosity. But what if they don't? Uh, because that's your DNA. Yeah. See, the challenge of as a parent is, all right, this is my DNA, so I try to. Yes, but it's supposed me. to be a mixing of our DNA, right? It, it, that's what they say. It doesn't necessarily mean. I know. The way Theoretically, I just say. Yeah. I mean, it's it. I mean, because one of the things that um, when I look back at uh, some of the things I, you know, even with my parents, um. You know, my father got, you know, a GED, 
Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, you know, she, I think she, she, she graduated early from high school, um, and, um, uh, got her, her college degree when I was almost in, I probably was almost in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, sometimes I look back and be like, man, why didn't he expose me to this? You know, um. But I, I look back at it and I'm like, man, they did the best that they can. And that that's so when does that when does that for you as somebody mm. that is you know I, I, driven I, I don't, to find I don't, that why? I, I don't know? necessarily know when I when I'll feel that I've done the best that I can. It, it and and so again, you said my kids are six and three, right? I have a long time before to they try are to get it right before they are yeah. out of the house and are creating their own mindset etc um but i think part of a parent is that you continue to to continue to push continue to try try something new um i mixed the eggs one way and oh it didn't turn out good that day so let me try it a, a different way right and so and you have the type of kids that'll be like dad I don't like it. I don't. They don't. I mean, like they, they don't hold back, right? Like my daughter will literally say, "I don't like it." No, right? Or tell me, you know, I got this. I'll do it by myself. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> give me an opportunity. You're three, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think overall, it's it's a as I strive to be a connoisseur and be more. Uh, knowledgeable on things it is my duty to pull the family unit along with me um and uh they don't have to love it but acknowledge appreciate and be able to say okay i was exposed to it and we'll keep moving and that's 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 what i started with 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 my wife right uh, even when we were dating, it was like, hey, this is something different. Let's try. And she's done the same for me, right? Um, and continue to do it with the kids. Like, hey, let's push. Try it. You may not like it, but you can say that you experienced it and moved on. And um, and that's that that that's really what my life has been about. Because right? you don't want to be that swan. I don't. Great way to bring this back in a big perfect circle i don't want to be that swine and 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 i don't want people listening to this to feel that um if you don't have all of these experiences or Mm -hmm. something like that that you are lesser than right my challenge to people there we go my challenge to people is push yourself go beyond your boundary go beyond what you have been exposed to and say what more do I want to experience? What more do I want to learn? And either go out and pursue it yourself or find people that are experiencing or engaging in that environment and then ask the questions, be engaged and, and go from there. Can I can I say something? Our kids are they there is a stage um, um, every parent or auntie or uncle or godparent um, where our kids become very uh, irritating to us where they keep asking these questions is Mm -hmm. that why stage yeah i feel like there has to be a why in us Mm -hmm. why is this 
this. You have to have a, cur- a curiosity yeah, about yourself. Why, why? Why is this happening? Because I know my son. He, you know, well, why are you doing it this way? Why are you doing it? And it's not to and 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 us as parents can easily find it as us being challenged. Well, but and it, but it's not us being challenged in a negative way. negative way. It's they are at that point where they are really trying to find out and figure out and and it's up to us and even if we don't know you know to go do that research so i feel like that is a way that we ourselves um should go where they say like you know old dogs shouldn't learn new tricks this is what i feel um i'll tell you we're we grew up the same time but we're the same age same so day. are you getting ready to say something? No, 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 no. What I'm going to say is that uh, you remember the Matrix, right? Absolutely. And how many people ultimately live in in the Matrix, right? That they just accept things the way that they are. Yeah. Uh, and don't push beyond. Now, you know, I'm not saying that we take a, a red or a blue pill and then now you're you realize you can plug it to a machine, right? Well, you do have to make a choice, though. You have to make a choice. You do have to make a choice. And I think that that was one of the things that they were trying to show, though. Now now that you are, you know, you have decided to not live in this matrix, understand that there comes a choice. So, And, and, and it's a constant choice, right? You can't. Yeah. If, if, you, if you have decided with yourself that you're going to want to expose yourself to more, that you want to get outside of your comfort zone in your box. It, it, it isn't, Hey, I take two steps and that's it. Right. It is a constant evolution of thought, a constant evolution of exposure. And I'm being challenged every day to think differently, be different. Um, every new position I get on the, in the company, every new place that we live is a challenge um, to push that and, and kind of go from there. But I think that's literally, that's what, all things fine and gentry is going to be about, right? Is being able to push and and grow and be able to expand from there. So, you know, all that being said, I would like to thank you for taking the time. I was going to tell you, to, I was going yeah. to end it with a thank you. <laughs> no, no, like, no. I'm like, man, thank you for, well, yeah, for yeah, this time yeah. and, and um, you know, allowing me to um, be a part of this journey and not just, the journey of you know this experience this podcast but the journey of who french thompson the third is um and allowing uh and and helping me and pushing me to um at times to figure out what's my why you know to shape me in my my matrix yeah you know um, and 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 i hope that yeah it's not just you right that other people along the way will hear and listen and say man that was interesting that's good and again you don't have to to adopt it but have an appreciation for it Mm -hmm. and continue to move on and if it's something that you want to pursue further then dig into it if not now you've been exposed and you can go from there so yeah i'd like to thank you all for for taking the opportunity to listen to uh you know this this podcast talking about all things fine and gentry a, a bit more about who i am uh, why uh, this is here and stay tuned for more episodes and just a tickler uh, a teaser here um, you you will hear from Larry Vaughn again as uh, <laughs> we will uh, talk a, a lot more uh, with a recurring segment called lyrics and libations with Larry so uh, be on the lookout for it and we'll be dropping that on on Instagram and Facebook and uh, 
Uh, some, some of those will be on YouTube. So uh, be on the lookout. Again, this is uh, the connoisseur, French Thompson, the connoisseur of all things fine and gentry. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you, Larry, for, for being my guest my and, and my, uh, my interviewer uh, today as I um, developed and talked more about who uh, all things fine and gentry is. So thank you all, and we'll see you all next time.